Thank you, brothers. Thank you, sisters. This is Dara. Most of you know Dara very well. Say hi, Dara. Dara is going to bring the word today. Dara, of course, is our youth pastor and also associate pastor. And Dara is going to share what God put on our hearts. So give her a big round of applause, Dara. Thank you. Good morning, church. Or should I say good afternoon? Technically, it's afternoon now, isn't it? Um, I have a special song, a worldly song, that we're going to play and we're going to listen to. Do you want to play it? Anyone know Whitney Houston? Greatest love of all, do you know it? greatest love of all. Today, church, we're going to be looking at love lies and how the world has a view of love and the things of the heart and what God says about it. Because God says the complete opposite to what the world says and the world lies to us. So that's what we're going to look at in a moment. Um, what's happening this week? Valentine's Day. Anyone excited? Anyone have plans? No. no. Well, if you do have some plans, if you have a significant other, if you're going out for some dinner and you're going to get dressed up, exchange gifts, tell each other sweet nothings, look into each other's eyes and have a romantic evening, peace and blessings to you and all the single people said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Valentine's Day. So in... In the theme of this week, we want to look at love. I am not looking at romantic love before people start tuning out and go, I don't want to hear this. I'm not looking at that. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, but that's what we're, we're going to have a look at now in a moment. Um, have I already prayed? No, no. no, I'm getting flashbacks to the first service. I'm going to do Well, we can pray again anyway. That's good. Will you pray with me? Yes. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. It is so here today, we can feel it, we know it, and we thank you, God, that we can gather as the people of God. We do not take it for granted. This is your space, this is your church, and we are your people. Do only what you can do, God. We love you, and we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, just while we go on to... The word for today. Can we just give a shout out to our ushers helping people find seats in the room today? I know it's really busy. Thank you very much, and Marilyn is on. You're doing a great job, and for anyone standing, may you stand on the word of the Lord that will give you strength. <laughs> 
before I get into the world versus God, uh, anyone have a Bible on them? On our phones? Some people might bring their Bible to church. In this church, we believe that the Bible is 100% true. Amen? That's what we believe. This is my Bible. We don't take anything out of it, and we don't add anything to it. And we believe that the Bible is the word of God. It is 100% true. Brothers and sisters, if we don't know our Bibles, if we're not aware of them, and we don't know the truth of God, we'll fall for the lies of the world. We need to know our Bibles. And if you are here today, and you've asked Jesus into your life at any point, you've dedicated your life to him, he saved you from your sins, and you have eternal life in heaven, we might want to know and read the one book that he's left with us. People dedicate their lives to a sports club, to a profession, to a person, to their family, to an instrument. People dedicate their lives to all things. But for us as Christians, we dedicate our life to God. So this book, the one book that he's left with us, the Bible, we need to know it and read it and love it. And for you, you mightn't be reading it physically, it might be on your phone, you might listen to it. You might watch videos that go through it. There's TV shows, there's movies. There is no excuse in our world today to not know what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the world versus God. I'm just going to look at four, four different points today. So the first point is this. The world says the best love is self-love. The best love is self-love. And we just had our friend Whitney Houston, RIP, sing The Greatest Love of All, released back in 1986. Who was alive for it? Who remembers us? Yeah. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> Whitney Houston. And in that song that you heard, she says, learning to love yourself. It is the greatest love of all. That's what Whitney says. And today it's no different. In pop music, Flowers is the number one song in the world right now by Miley Cyrus, formerly known as Hannah Montana. Do we know her? Yeah. yeah. Everyone under 25 is like, yeah, yeah, I know her. Uh, this woman here is 30 years old, and this song, Flowers, is about her divorce in her 20s from her husband. And in the song she says, I can buy my own flowers. I can hold my own hand. I can take myself dancing. And then the punchline is, and I can love me better than you can. Brothers and sisters, whether it's Miley Cyrus today or Whitney Houston back in the 80s, the theme and the concept of self-love is prevalent in our world and that it's the best way to love. Learning to love yourself, that is not the greatest love of all. God's love is the greatest love of all. Miley Cyrus saying, I can love me better than you can or anyone else can. That's not true. God can love me better than I can. And how do we know this? God says, we love because he first loved us. Whether you are conscious of it or unconscious of it, the whole reason that us as human beings love is because God has loved us first. And is self-love important? Of course it is, we know that. But it's not the best, it's not the greatest. And if I'm honest with myself, there's times where I don't like myself. 
let alone love myself. And I think that's whether you're a man or a woman or whoever, everyone can feel that at times. But here's what I know. Anytime that I get into, oh, the presence of God, and I'm filled with his spirit and his love, that overflows into every part of my life, including how I love myself. I can see myself through God's eyes. I can see his compassion, his forgiveness, his kindness, and I'm able to love myself in the way that God loves me, not how I naturally love myself. Brothers and sisters, self-love is not the greatest love of all. It is God's love. Amen? Amen. 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 Number two, the world says, follow your heart. Follow your heart. How many songs have been written about this? How many fellas have given other fellas advice? Follow your heart. Do you know what you need to? Oh my days. Here's a flashback. Brave heart. Who's seen this? Yeah. <laughs> Who's not seen it? That's probably the question. Released back in 1995. This won Oscars. This won Golden Globes. And the actor here is who? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Back when he was good looking. Do we like the long hair? Yeah. Long hair on the man. He might need some uh, conditioner. It's a bit frizzy, but that's all right. We'll forgive him. In the movie, uh, Braveheart, this guy, Mel Gibson, he plays a character called William Wallace. And it's about Scottish independence. And he is fighting for it. And there is a part of the film where he's a kid. And his dad has died in battle. And he has like a vision or a dream of his father laying down dead with all of his wounds. And his father says this to him, your heart is free, have the courage to follow it. And because of that and what his father said to him, it fuels the whole Scottish independence movement. And this guy, William Wallace, leads it. That's the whole theme of Braveheart. That was it, back in 1995. And today we have a beautiful example of following your heart in the world. Something that's so important. Love Island. No, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Again, anyone under 25 is like, of course you've seen it. Love Island, oh my days. Love Island is a reality TV show. It is number one uh, on traditional television at the moment. And it's basically where single people go to an island to fall in love. And if they win, they get £50,000. That's just thrown in there. Uh, so what's their motive? I'm not even going to ask our people watching it. Yeah, we're not going to do that today. Um, but Love Island, oh my days, is filled with narcissism, <laughs> gaslighting, love bombing, manipulation, misogyny. Love Island, have a bit of discernment if you are watching it. But it is toxic, to say the least. Uh, but this is the biggest show for 15 to 30 year old women. Surprise, surprise. And in this show, you can see this couple, Ron and Lana. And they've been a couple from day one on the show. And from the beginning, Ron is love bombing Lana. He is saying everything she wants to hear. He has the gift of the gab. So he must have kissed the Blarney Stone. He's from Cork. He says, I'm all about you. I only have eyes for you. We're the strongest couple on Love Island. And she believes it. She eats it all up. Is anyone getting triggered with flashbacks to their ex? No? No? Good, good, good. Um, 
But this is what he says. And part of Love Island is they bring in new contestants to create drama, to break couples up, and to create new couples. And Ron, Ron has a wandering eye. So every time these new girls come in, Ron says this to Lana. He says, I need to explore connections with people and I need to follow my heart. And not once, not twice, but three times, Ron goes off with all these different girls, explores the connections in many different ways, and then comes back to Lana. And guess what? She takes them back every time. Every time. Amen. <laughs> and let us pray. But you know, this, this is the standard of the world. This is what some people think is normal. Which is mad. But whether it's a brave heart, follow your heart, and I'm fighting and I'm going for this, or it's as simple as romantic love, or maybe lust, probably not love, and following your heart. This is what the world says, and we hear it all the time, follow your heart. But here's what God says about your heart. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? God is saying, your heart is lying to you. It's lying to you. The world says, follow your heart, and God is saying, no. It's the most deceitful of all things, more than society, more than a person, even more than your own mind. It's the human heart. And God doesn't say, follow your heart. God says, follow me. Here's what he says. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross daily and follow me. Jenny Landingen, 20 years following God. It's a daily decision, isn't it? It's a daily choice to follow God. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Brothers and sisters, do not follow your heart. It is deceitful and it will lie to you. We are to follow God and it's a daily decision. Amen? Amen. Amen. You still with me? Yes. Good. <laughs> the world says, have an open heart. Again, how many songs have been written about this? Do we know this guy? Dalai Lama. I must get glasses like him. Sure, they, they look great on, on Tom, wouldn't they? The bald head. Yeah. <laughs> My dad is going to be like, mm. <laughs> later on. If you don't know him, um, he was or is the head of Tibet. My dad was like, I don't think he is. Anyway. He was. This is what Wikipedia told me and I copy and pasted it. So there you go. Uh, he is their highest spiritual leader. He's a Nobel Peace Prize winner. And he's just considered a spiritual uh, leader kind of all over the world. But he is a phrase that is an open heart is an open mind. And when I first heard it, I said, gosh, that sounds lovely. That sounds really nice. It's very inclusive. It's certainly politically correct. But actually, when I thought about it more, I thought of Bible verses that actually say the opposite to this. And I was talking to God about it. Do you know when we have questions, we can talk to God? You don't have to go to Google. Mm. We can talk to God. 
And I was saying, God, I know the sentiment behind it is an open heart and open mind is to people, right, isn't it? People's different ways of living, what they choose to do, who they love, what they, what they believe. And God was saying this to me is that it's not about an open mind and open heart. It's about the love of God and going and meeting people and loving them wherever they're at, whoever they are, whatever they believe, whoever they love. And our example of that is Jesus. We follow Jesus, amen? amen? And Jesus went to those people. Jesus went to the lowest of the low of his time. The prostitutes, the tax collectors who were stealing money, the sickest people, the lepers. Jesus was with them. So God has called us to go out into the world and to show the love of God to people. And it's all over the Bible. God says, love each other as God has loved you. Amen? amen. Love your enemies be kind and merciful. Amen? Amen? Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Amen? Amen? And love others as you love yourself. The Bible can be described at times as God's love letter to humanity. That's what we're meant to do. To be filled with the love of God and to go into the world and love people like God has loved us. That's what we're meant to do. But God has not said, have an open heart. He says this about our hearts. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Protect your heart. And how do we know this? We just looked at it. The heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's lying to you. When I was uh, thinking of this scripture, this is my favourite scripture in the Bible. Um, I thought actually of my grandfather, my dad's dad, and he's passed away. But when he was growing up, he was in poverty here in Ireland. And he was the eldest of the family and would have no shoes and would have to, to walk to school barefoot. And he didn't know God. But what was in his heart was money. He loved money. And even my relationship with my grandfather... It was pretty non-existent. He, 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 was, um, he was a cold man to be around. At times he wouldn't even know my name. And even with our extended family or my dad, he didn't have much of a relationship with them. But in his house, there was money all over it. He would get pots and pans and kettles and stuff them with cash. So he loved money and all his time was about money, was about work, was about what he did to get it. And when he did die, if I'm honest, there was no one crying at the funeral because his life was money and the love of it. And the best thing that someone could say about him was he was a character. But really, my grandfather was a very bitter and angry man. In his heart was money. And we see here at the bottom, whatever's in your heart determines the course of your life. That was his life, was money. You come here with nothing. Hi, Jesus. You come here with nothing. You leave this world with nothing. You cannot take it to heaven. How are you living your life? Are you building the kingdom of God? Or are you building your career? Are you building your riches here on earth? Or are you building your riches in heaven? Don't have an open heart. Guard your heart. And God says the same about our minds. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. But let God transform you into a new person 
by changing the way that you think. Hallelujah. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So how do we guard our hearts? How do we guard our minds? God says this, don't worry about anything. That's for someone here today. Stop worrying. Pray to God about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And this is how we guard our hearts. His peace will guard your hearts and will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How do we get his peace? We have to have a relationship with God. It's a daily thing. It's through prayer. It's through reading our Bible. It's through worship. It's through fasting. It's through being with the people of God. That's how we get his peace that guards our hearts and guards our minds. You cannot buy it. You cannot do it yourself. You need and I need Jesus and I need his peace. God spoke to me during the week prophetically and and Dad's word, uh, Tom's word earlier that we all prayed about in relation to families and there being um, occult use or taboo things of nature or just just tapping into dark spirituality. God spoke to me very clearly about this and he wants us, number one, for a church to be aware of it and number two, to um, tell people here who are using it what, what he thinks about it. Uh, and that's manifestation. And manifestation is where people claim in their name that they can attract what they need or what they want into their life. And it's under the law of attraction. And people use affirmations or mantras like, I attract money. Or I am fully in control of my reality. Or I claim this person and they will fall in love with me. And it has gone viral on social media, on TikTok. The media has fully embraced it because it's not tied to traditional religion. It doesn't fall under a God, and there's no accountability with it. And celebrities are openly endorsing it and testifying that it's working, such as Oprah Winfrey, Jim Carrey, Ariana Grande, Conor McGregor. Celebrities are saying, I manifested my career. This happened because I manifested it. Brothers and sisters, as a church, we need to be aware that this is becoming a common spiritual practice in our world today. People are doing it rather than praying. They are manifesting. And we need to be aware of it because it can seem so great. It's positive thinking or it seems, it seems like it's spiritual in nature. We need to be able to discern the things of God that are good and spiritual and the things of this world that are also spiritual but bad. We need to discern that and be aware of it as a church. For anyone here who has been open to manifestation or who has done it. And I've heard Christians, both online and in person, say I am manifesting and praying in the same sentence. You can't. You can't do it. But if anyone here has done it, you need to give whatever you manifested back to God and ask for forgiveness. And the reason is this. Manifestation is your claiming it in your name. That is not in God's name. He will not protect it. He will not bless you in it. 
and it is completely open to spiritual darkness. It completely undermines that God is sovereign. It completely undermines that we need God and that he will provide our needs. It completely undermines God's purpose because it's about your purpose. You took God completely out of the equation. How ignorant and how disrespectful that is to think I don't need God. And also God has given us abundant life. And it completely goes against that. If God has given me abundant life, why am I claiming these needs and wants in my own name? Manifestation is not in the Bible. We do not believe it. But what we do believe is prayer. And what we do as Christians is we know and we honour and we're humble enough to know God is God. So we go to God with what we need. And we know that we can trust him. And that we can have peace no matter whatever happens. His timing, his way, his wants. He will look after all my needs. Amen? Amen. So let's as a church, brothers and sisters, be aware of it. It's all over social media. It's in your face. And anyone who has done it, you need to give that back to Jesus. Whatever you manifested, that is not a God. And be careful. Amen. Amen. Finally, the world says, what is love? The top Google question before Valentine's Day, apart from what's Valentine's Day, is what is love? And here's what Google search results give us. A song by Hadaway, What is Love? Do we know that one? Yeah. It's a great song, go listen to it. Uh, it gives emotional and psychological effects of what happens when you love someone and a dictionary definition. I said it earlier, people go to Google before they go to God. So the world says, what is love? The world doesn't know. The world is giving me a song. The world is giving me effects. The world is giving me a de definition. But we know that God is love. Amen. God says, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. What is love? God is love. Say it again, what is love? God is love. Woo. And all who live in love, live in God, and God lives in them. Church, brothers and sisters, the love of God, it doesn't get any more profound than that. And it's not any simpler than that. God's love is the best love that we can experience. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship band to come up. And I'm actually going to ask all of us to stand. We're, we're going to come into... Uh, a time of worship and a time of prayer. But just to recap everything that we looked at, the world says the best love is self-love, but we know the best love is God's love, amen? amen? The world says follow your heart, but we know our heart will lie to us and we're going to follow God, amen? amen? The world says open your heart, but God says guard your heart, amen? And the world says what is love they don't know. But we know that God is love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to sing a song called, For God So Loved the World. And it's based off one of the most famous Bible verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. How amazing. God doesn't need to do anything else for us. He just did that. That's 
that's eternity, that's our salvation, that's everything. So when we sing this song, let's thank God just for that in this moment. Amen. Thank you.